This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ah, oh, so much pain. So much pain if you're a Yankee fan. Listening to that call on the Yes Network by the great Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill. Yankees lose. Embarrassing loss. Nail in the coffin type of loss earlier today against the Marlins. Unbelievable. One hour to go. Jake Asman with you here on 98.7 ESPN. And it's just disgusting to think about how the Yankees found a way to lose today. I mean, they were cruising to a win. Clay Holmes has not blown a game in three months. And the Marlins score five runs in the ninth inning. That's the worst loss of the year. That is the nail in the coffin. If you had any hope for this Yankee team, it's done. They're about to play the Atlanta Braves for three games. They have no pitching staff minus Garrett Cole and Clark Schmidt. That's it. They have nobody. This team is still... Pitching Luis Severino. How many runs in the first inning are the Braves going to score off Luis Severino when he pitches on Tuesday? Oh, my God. You know what's the worst part about the Yankees? There's still 44 meaningless games left. Oh, my God. I mean, this team's not any good. But at least if they won today, I could have came on the air tonight and talked about Garrett Cole being underappreciated, holding up his end of the bargain to the massive contract he signed a couple years ago. You can't even do that. Because they blew this game today. Blew it. I thought our guy Dan Grassa had a great tweet earlier. And I'll be co-hosting DiPietro and Rothenberg with Dan next Friday from 6A to 10A. Dan tweeted, Mets lose 27-3 over two games. Yankees, hold my beer. I mean, it really is unbelievable. And actually, I'll give credit to the Mets tonight. You know, they were down 3 nothing early to the Braves. They fought back. The Mets are actually up right now on the Braves. 7-3 to in the sixth inning. Showing some pride. After they were embarrassed twice yesterday in the doubleheader. But this Yankees team is dead. They're not good enough. They've won one of their last 12 series dating back to June 30th. And it was against the Royals, who stink. Maybe uh, the, the Yankees think as much as the Royals do right now. I don't know. But to lose a game today with Clay Holmes on the mound, where he's allowed three total runs since May 4th, and his ERA is .78 in that span, for him to go out there and allow four runs before he's yanked and then be responsible for the fifth run that scored when Tommy Canely came in, only throws change-ups, has no fastball, and the game's Done. You blow it so quick. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. It really is. As a Yankee fan, I don't even know what there is to say because you're not that shocked something like this happened because that ninth inning today is a microcosm of what this season has been. Where the Yankees keep telling you how great they are and how they're going to figure it out and they got the right guys in the room, and they don't. This team was deeply flawed coming into the year. And the injuries have only exposed just how flawed and how poorly constructed they truly are. When Aaron Judge went down and this team fell off a cliff, that's a sign you're a poorly put together roster. Yes, Aaron Judge is phenomenal. He's great. One player on a team with a $290 million payroll should not derail your season. And the Yankees have never recovered from that. Even with Judge back, he's clearly not at 100%. Stanton is a huge liability. He can't run. That contract you're stuck with now. LeMahieu can't 
be the same guy he was a couple years ago, which is wild to see considering how good this guy was his first two years in New York. You went into the year expecting to get something from Josh Donaldson. Are you kidding me? You had no left fielder. You thought Aaron Hicks was going to be a left fielder. Like These were predictable things that my fellow Yankee fans saw coming. But the Yankees continue to insist they know baseball more than you do, more than we do. I mean, this is a joke. And I'm angry at the result. I'm angry at the fact that Aaron Boone, who I think should be gone when this team misses the playoffs, but I don't put it all on him. I'm angry at the fact that he's completely oblivious to the fact Clay Holmes had nothing today, and you could tell right away he had nothing. But getting rid of Aaron Boone and then not doing anything else in the front office does not solve the Yankees' issues. This is a front office issue for the Yankees. And now it's an ownership issue. Because if Hal Steinbrenner fails to address the obvious problem, which is Brian Cashman, who got a four-year extension after the Yankees got swept by the Astros last year, is allowed to come back and run things status quo, there is no hope for this team. None. I, I mean... I've heard Peter Rosenberg make this point on the case show. If Cashman's last name was Steinbrenner, it would make sense why he's had a job for as long as he's had. We'd get it. It's like how Jerry Jones is the GM and the owner of the Cowboys. Well, the owner's not going to fire himself. It does not make sense. This team is not good enough. And I don't want to hear, well, they have all these great prospects that are coming. Don't fall for it. Greg Bird was a great prospect. Clint Frazier was a great prospect. Miguel Andujar was a great prospect. And Davey Garcia, who they just cut the other day, was supposed to be a great pitching prospect. The Yankees do not develop talent. They have no pitching they've developed on their own. Severino was good for a while. Now he's falling off a cliff. We're going to give Brian Cashman credit for paying Garrett Cole? Give credit to Garrett Cole for being awesome at his job. It's a shame they're wasting his prime right now. How about the Joey Gallo trade? Or extending Aaron Hicks? Or trading for Sonny Gray? It just you go on and on and on. Josh Donaldson. I mean, I don't, I don't have enough time left in the show to go through it. At what point does Hal Steinbrenner make a change? Because it's on him now. Brian Cashman's not going to do something different. What he does is what he does. It's not going to magically change. This is now an ownership-level situation for the New York Yankees, period. It is on Hal Steinbrenner to do something different because you cannot justify keeping Brian Cashman in his current role with no changes. And don't tell me you fire the manager and that's a big change. Because it's not. But, man, let me tell you, the Mets have been done for a while now. The Yankees stink. I can't wait for football because I, I cannot do. I think I said the Yankees have 44 games left. Good God. Oh, my God. Who's watching this team right now? That's the other thing with the Yankees. They're unwatchable. Joe Leo producing the show. Big Yankees fan. Yeah, I guess you like torture. I mean, I'm probably going to watch too, but like, it's like there's nothing likable about this team. They got Judge and then what? Like, Who, who are you excited to watch? You're excited to watch Cole pitch every five, five days. But I'm getting frustrated watching Garrett Cole because they're blowing all these games that he should have won. I mean, Garrett Cole's prime with the Yankees is being wasted. The stat I gave earlier, I'll give it again. Garrett Cole has gone out there this year 
and has held up his end of the bargain. The Yankees have lost seven games where he pitched at least six-plus innings and allowed two runs or fewer. They've lost seven games like that. That's the most in MLB for any pitcher. It's awful. Awful. They wasted another good start today, and it's just frustrating. It pisses you off, and then you probably realize, what? why am I that upset? Why, why should I care this much if the owner of the team seemingly doesn't? Jake, like, let me ask you this. You're a Jet fan. What was there to look forward to the past couple of years with the Jets? It's the same thing. The Yankees are in the same exact position the Jets have been for seemingly the past five years. It's scary. It's scary. I, I mean, think about this. If you just look at the landscape of New York sports. I mean, the Knicks might win more playoff series this year than the Yankees, the Mets. I, I mean, I, I will give the Devils credit. They beat the Rangers, but, man, just the expectations being what they were for the Yankees and the Mets, even if you didn't think the Yankees were going to be a championship team this year, I don't think anyone had this team missing the playoffs. And obviously, same thing with the Mets. You know, worst team money could buy part two. They won 101 games last year, and they sold at the deadline. Unbelievable. We'll get to your calls coming up on the other side. 800-919-ESPN is the number. Yankee fans, sound off. We can mix in some football as well. Lots still to talk about. We're taking you till 10 o'clock. Jake Asman with you right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Only one S, Dave Rothenberg. You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Just got to flush it and get back on the process. We got a tough series coming up. So, you know, as a player, you... You just got to have a short memory in this situation and, and, and try to prepare for Atlanta as, as quickly as possible. That voice you heard is the voice of a pitcher who has been great all season, and the Yankees have continued to fail. Garrett Cole earlier today on the loss. Just brutal. Jake Asman with you till 10 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Make sure you're listening later this hour. We'll give you a chance to win VIP tickets to see the Jets in training camp. We'll talk some more football as we go, but your calls right now on the Yankees, who by now everyone knows blew a four-run lead in the ninth inning with Clay Holmes on the mound to lose the rubber match against the Marlins. Absolutely pathetic. Let's go to Evan on Long Island. He's first up this segment. Evan, you're on with Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got for us, Evan? Evan. I don't think we have Evan. Do we have Evan? I don't think we do. Hold on. Jake, I think we Jake. I think we now have Evan. There we go. What's up, Evan? Oh, great. Jake, good to hear you on the airs, on the air, on the New York Airways. It's always a pleasure. Can't wait to hear you on Friday with Grasso. I think you guys are going to do great. But I need you to talk me off the ledge. I don't know where to go. I'm the kind of guy who has missed maybe seven games this whole season of the Yankees. And I, I live for the Yankees. My father, who's in an assisted living, I get him and I, it's three hours away, and I tell him what time the game is on, and I make sure that he's ready to watch. And, he, you know, he's got a baseball package, everything, and we're watching, and what's the reason to watch anymore? I don't know. I need to be talked off the ledge. Great call, Evan. I, I wish I could give you a reason. I mean, I, I would say, hey, they should call up some of their young prospects and play them, but. I don't think the Yankees are going to do that just yet because they're delusional enough to think even though they're only five games or even though even though they're five games out of the last wild card spot, oh, they're still, they're still in the mix. They still have a chance. They don't. 
This is what they are. As, as frustrating as today is, it sheds light on the fact that the Yankees have won one series over their last 12, dating back to June 30th. It was against the Royals. They could have won today, but they didn't because bad teams find a way to lose these type of games, and that's what happened. I think the only thing worth watching with the Yankees right now is Garrett Cole every five days, can he win the Cy Young Award? And look, when Judge plays, he's arguably the best hitter in the sport. But there's not much right now. It's just brutal. They are a brutal watch. They are an unlikable team. That starts with the general manager and the manager as well. You know, the, the, the manager of the team is going to try and tell you that, you know, other than the 18 strikeouts, they had some great at-bats. Uh, are you kidding me? Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? I, I mean, come on, Aaron. Just, I don't even blame Boone for all this. It, to me, it's way more about the roster construction than the manager. But the manager's now part of the problem, too. He is. You can't manage the Yankees, miss the playoffs, be a last-place team, and keep your job. I think Aaron Boone will be gone at the end of the year. But if that's the only change they make, then shame on Hal Steinbrenner because the problems go far beyond just the manager of this team. Far beyond. Quick shout-out to my buddy Jake Brown's in an Uber right now. He walked into the Uber and he goes, my guy Muhammad has you on 98.7 now. So shout-out to Muhammad in the Uber who's holding it down. And shout-out to everyone who drives for a living, who tunes into our station here and is listening to the show. Appreciate everyone. Let's get back to your calls right now. Let's go to Marty and Asbury. Marty, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asbin here on 98.7 ESPN. Jake, what's up, man? I think you do a great job on air, man. I love listening to you. Thank you, Marty. I appreciate that. Um, but, but to just reiterate to what you were saying, um, the Yankees and their future is completely and utterly cooked, buddy. Cooked. Cooked. If you take a look at the 2024 payroll, um, you have you have Stanton on there for thirty two million. You got uh, Rodon on there for twenty seven. You have um, you have Rizzo seventeen. He spent Lemayhu. You have him on there for fifteen. He spent. You're going to owe Donaldson six, and then you have Hicks's nine and a half that are still on your books. That's a hundred and seven million dollars in bad contracts sitting on your books out of a payroll of a, a projected payroll of $188 million going into 2024. He's not going to be able to get out of these contracts if Steinbrenner's not going to write a check like, like Cohen did o over with the Mets. You're going to have to just ride this out, hopefully get in some fresh young players because you're not trading out of these bad contracts. No other team is going to take any of these players on. You're going to be stuck with them. You don't have a catcher, you don't have a third baseman, you don't have a left fielder, and you have one pitcher going into next year at Cole. They are cooked. He set them back a good three to five years. I just want to hear his thoughts on it. Marty, I appreciate the call. I'm not as down on three to five years as maybe you, but you make some good points. A lot of the players that are having terrible seasons this year, they're under contract for next year and the year after that. Now, I'll push back on two players you mentioned. Anthony Rizzo was having a very good year, and then he was playing with with a concussion, right? He had, he had a clear head injury that they refused to acknowledge after he got kneed, and I was at this game when I was at the stadium Memorial Day weekend, when he got kneed in the head by Fernando Tatis. And he kept playing, and then he became the worst baseball player in the league statistically from that point on. Rizzo was having a good year. I don't think Rizzo is, is cooked. Stanton, he might be cooked. At least he could run into a home run. He can't move. That's a problem. LeMayhew looks like he's cooked. You're not wrong there. Uh, Donaldson for $6 million, whatever. You're the Yankees. Figure out a way to spend money on a third baseman. 
and don't let all well, the six million. We're, we have to be responsible for Donaldson prevent us from making a move. So that 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 to me is nothing. And the other play I'll mention is this: Carlos Rodon's been terrible this year. He's been hurt, and when he's pitched, he's been god awful. You have to hope that the guy the Yankees signed could at least be an above-average pitcher next year. If he could stay healthy, full spring training. Because if you're telling me Rodon is done, I mean, you're on the hook for another five years with that guy. And you have to hope Nestor Cortez could come back and pitch. You have Cole, and you're right. You have a, a lot of unknowns. I think Clark Schmidt's done some nice things, but this team needs pitching too. You know Severino's done. Oh, God. How about Frankie Montas? How about that trade by Cashman? They're going to lose him for nothing. The guy stunk, and then he got hurt. Hasn't pitched all year. It just It's time for a change. Because next year could be a lot of the same if you bring the same GM back and have him just say, well, you know how? We had a lot of injuries. If the Yankees try to blame this year on injuries, Hal Steinbrenner is lost as the owner of the team. This team had issues before the injuries started popping up. I don't want to hear, oh, well, you know, we lost Nestor Cortez for the year down the stretch, and that's why we missed the playoffs. That's why? I mean, there's 44 games left. This has been the Yankees now for a long time. Over their last 200 games, the Yankees have been around a 500 team. That's a 200-game sample size. They got the, they got up to the historic start last year, and since then, they have been a 500 team. And now guys are older. And when guys get older, they're more injury-prone, and we continue to see that over and over again. Let's get back to your calls right now on the show. Let's go to Andre in Manhattan. He's up next. Andre, you're on with Jake Asman right here on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got? Good evening, Jake, my guy. Um, I you sound, I, I don't think I've ever heard you really talk as passionately about the Yankees, but you sound almost as bad as um, I, like not bad, but like you, you, the, I, was, I could feel the emotion in you. It's, it's almost like that Thursday night game in uh, the Jets of Jacksonville last year. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you some some positive energy to look at. I may have told you this before. Um, the Mets started out great. I really thought the Mets were gonna do something. Yankees, I'm always like, well, you know, they're big brother. They always have, you know, they the the expectation is always the playoffs. There's there's a there's a uh, there's a standard, you know, there's a pedigree you have to live up to. They they both have fallen so short. And the thing I don't understand is the Mets give away Ver, Verlander after signing him this year. I'm like, well, what, who does that? Like for both teams, they just need a whole complete overhaul. But the only problem is I couldn't possibly tell you what they could do, what manager they could get, what player moves they could get, what GM is the right one. For me, I was already I kind of was ready to give up on baseball when um when Edwin Diaz got hurt in the the baseball classic and I was just like, Oh my god, this is this is not it. But all of that negativity, like I said, there's always a balance. So for the Jets to be as exciting and as at the the season we're about to watch with the Jets that it's gonna be so amazing, we had to take some of the greatness from the Yankees, some of the greatness from the Mets. The Knicks, that's why they they lost in the second round because we had to just take some of that. And Aaron Rodgers was there. He's gathering all of it. He's going to turn around, and the Jets are going to win, and it's going to make up for all of this misery. <laughs> so let's just keep focused. Jeff fans, Yankee fans, Mets fans, we all New York fans. So I'm not going to do the Mets, Yankee fans versus the Yankee fans. I don't live that way. 
We are all New York, baby. We're in it to win it. But you know what? The Jets haven't sniffed anything good, anything close to this good. So we all got to just – everybody just give up the season. We'll come back next season. We'll, New York will come out and dominate. It's going to start with the Jets winning the Super Bowl. And if New York truly wants to be great, I'm not going to say no to a Jets versus Giants Super Bowl because New York wins either way, baby. So let's keep <laughs> Andre, that positivity. I like it, man. I, I like it, man. Thank you for the call. I, I, that is that is a take right there. We've had a lot of takes tonight on this four-hour program. But the Aaron Rodgers showing up to the Knicks and the Rangers playoff games and taking that in, he actually absorbed the energy there to now apply it to the Jets. I love it. I hope you're right. Sign me up for a Jets-Giants Super Bowl. Now, I prefer if the Jets go to the Super Bowl as a Jet fan. The Giants aren't there because I want the spotlight on the Jets, and I don't want to have to share it with the Giant fans. They've seen their team in the Super Bowl plenty of times. I haven't. But get me to a Super Bowl. I don't care how you do it. I do not care how you do it. We'll take more of your calls on the other side. Mets up 7-4 on the Braves right now. Actually showing some fight in this game after they trailed 3 nothing early on. We'll keep you up to date on that. Plus more of your phone calls, as I just mentioned, at 800-919-ESPN is the number. 30 minutes left in the show. We take you till 10 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Back here on 98.7 ESPN, Jake Asman hanging out with you. And we got something special for you right now. Going to give you a chance to have a VIP experience at New York Jets training camp. You could win VIP tickets to see the Jets on Wednesday, August 23rd with premier seating and complimentary food and beverage. Be caller number, let's do caller number 27 right now in honor of how many points the Jets scored yesterday to 888-987-987. ESPN. That's 888-987-ESPN, and you will score the pair of tickets courtesy of your local Honda dealers. Visit your local Honda dealer for a great deal today. Honda is a proud partner of the New York Jets. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Mets hanging tough, up 7-4 right now against the Braves after they got embarrassed yesterday in that doubleheader. I actually give the Mets a little credit for fighting back after being down 3-0 in the first inning, and Taking a lead. Mets up 7-4 right now, trying to hold on. Their season's done, and we had a caller last segment who asked, well, why would they trade away Justin Verlander? That's the one move the Mets made that I question. I understand trading Scherzer because Max Scherzer, to me, is grossly overpaid, and he's overrated. So no issue trading Scherzer and getting a, a top prospect for him. No issue trading David Robertson. No issue trading Mark Kana. No issue trading away a lot of these guys who won't be here next year or are free agents, and if you really want them back so bad, you can pay them and bring them back. The Verlander one is what I question. Because what's the Mets' plan going into next year? They need to spend money. That's the only way they could field a pitching staff. Because the prospects they got back, one, none of them are pitchers, and two, they do not have enough arms in their rotation. Kode Sango is a nice pitcher. He's not an ace. I mean, you have a lot of unknowns in this rotation. So the Mets' plan has to be to find a way to find some starting pitching. And that's on Steve Cohen to spend money to add some arms or a creative GM that can make some trades because I don't see any obvious names that are out there. They could have kept Verlander and still had their normal fire sale, and I probably would have been on board with that. But Verlander was starting the pitch really well, and you trade him? Why? And they got two really good prospects back. I understand that, but 
who's pitching for the Mets next year? You're going to throw away a year? It's baseball, man. You got three wild card teams. Why trade away a guy who's future Hall of Famer still pitching at a very high level? It never made sense to me. We'll get back to your calls right now. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. Let's go to Garrett in New Jersey. He's up next on with Jake Asman here. Garrett, what do you got for us? Hi, Jake. Uh, I just want to let you know, I just I first started watching your podcast about a year ago, and I think you're really good. You're one of the best you know, Jets commentators out there, and I think you belong on ESPN New York. Um, Th- thank you, Garrett. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Sure. So I just had a suggestion for what nickname we should give the Jets D-line. So we all know the Big Apple. How about the Big Tackle? Mm. No? I uh, it could be Not confusing. Really? No, I don't. I don't hate it. I just think it's confusing, right? Because yeah. the big tackle, like Mackay Becton's nickname is the big ticket, the big tackle. Like it doesn't signify anything about the Jets' defensive line. Like it's got to be. It's got to be some sort of name where you know you're talking about that specific unit. Like a big tackle could sound like a big offensive lineman. That's true. All right. Well, that's all I got. <laughs> Garrett, I appreciate the kind words, man. Thanks for calling. Yeah, if you missed it earlier, when talking about the Jets, and we were talking about how good their defensive line on paper looks, and how good it's looked in the preseason with the second wave of guys playing. I said, what's the nickname for the Jets D-line if they're really good? We can't call it the New York Sack Exchange 2.0. That's lazy. Got to come up with a different name. So we're trying to come up with a different name. I think Rush Hour was a good name we got earlier. New Sack City. Sack Fifth Avenue. Still taking suggestions if you want to tweet me at Jake Asman, A-S-M-A-N. Let's go back to the calls right now. Let's go to Bob on Staten Island. Bob, you're you're next up. You're on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got? How you doing? Hey, Bob, thanks for calling. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm going with the four horsemen for that that that, that front on those jets. They got more than four, though. That's the thing. They got like eight. Yeah, they do, but not at, not at, not at one time. You know, it's only <laughs> four at a time, and they bring the second unit in and, you know, they could still be the four horsemen. Yeah, all right. But, all right. Uh, but I, I, I say, bro, you, um, you know, I, I love, love what you're doing. Great interview with the caveman. And I tell you, Herm, is Herm not the biggest gentleman in sports? He is. Herm he's is one of the almost, nicest guys I've met, uh, you know, being, he is one being of the in sports guys talk radio. I, bro, he can lose. He can be up 10 nothing, and he starts running the ball. I, as a big Jet fan that I am. That drove me insane, but I, he's still one of the he's still one of the nicest men in sports, and uh, does a great interview with that guy. As for, as for these Yankee fans, and I know you're one of them. Listen, Hal is not his father; he never will be. Okay, when Brian Cashman took over, that team was worth about what two billion. Now they're worth about what ten billion. That's what Hal cares about, and it's never going to change. Bob, thank you for the call. Look, it, it it has to change. It has to change. And to to be fair to Hal Steinbrenner, he hasn't been in the spot like the one he's about to be in this offseason. Right? Because even last year, getting swept by the Astros in the ALCS, Hal could say we won 99 games, we won a playoff round, we were one of the last four teams. We knew the team was flawed then. We knew it. We watched it. We've watched the playoffs since 2017 where this team could not hit in big spots. But at least they would get there. Now what? Now they're going to finish in last place. They're going to miss the playoffs. Now what? That's the question. 
How does he handle missing the playoffs with the second highest payroll in the game? $290 million. What does he do then? I tend to agree with our last caller. I think Cashman's probably going to be back. And then I don't think anything will change if that happens. But that's that's the issue with this team right now. Let's go to Giovanni in Virginia. He's next up on 98.7 ESPN with Jake Asman. Giovanni, what do you got for us? Hey, what's going on, Jake? Hey, Jake, kind of going back to what you were talking about, uh, Garrett Cole with the Yankees, and this is also with the Mets, right? The fact that you stated that they're pretty much, I mean, he's at his peak time right now. He's doing so well, right? I kind of feel the same thing again uh, on towards uh, Pete Alonzo, right, with the Mets. Do they become the sacrificial lamb, right, and go for the trade for the better good of the team? They tell, I mean, don't kill me for that because I know Cedar. I mean, Alonzo's my favorite um, player on the Mets right now and everything, but I, I just – where do they go from here is what I'm saying, you know, to be better, especially next year coming up. And, hey, keep doing your thing, Jake. Appreciate it. Go Jets. Giovanni, thank you for the call. The Yankees aren't going to trade Garrett Cole. They need him. They need him. He's got a full no trade as well. I don't think you have to worry about that if you're a Yankee fan. The, the Yankees are never going to come out and say we're rebuilding for a year, so they're not going to do that. And the, the Alonzo stuff with the Mets is fascinating. Why would you trade this guy? Guys who hit 35-plus home runs every year don't grow on trees. If Pete Alonzo plays his entire career with the Mets, he'll have every Mets record. Every Mets record. I mean, this is a guy who's the first player in the history of their franchise to have four seasons with 35-plus home runs. Alonzo is a great player. He's a fan favorite. You can't trade that guy. I mean, that that'd be like getting rid of Daryl Strawberry all over again. Alonzo needs to be on this team. They got to pay him. You can't pay McNeil and Nimmo and pay Lindor before he even plays an inning for the Mets, and then not pay Pete Alonzo. Not when you got the richest owner in sports. That can't happen. That cannot happen. Final segment coming up next. You're on a Sunday night edition of the Jake Asman Show on 98.7. We'll take your calls, and then we'll wrap up the program. Last chance to get in, 800-919-ESPN is the number. Jake Asman with you for one more segment here. It's 98.7 ESPN New York. And Crane Ball! You're listening to the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Final segment here on 98.7 ESPN New York, Jake Asman hanging out with you. Cole Thompson tweeted me a nickname for the Jets defensive line, the gangrene sack exchange. The gangrene sack exchange. The problem is I don't know if you want to – yeah, I don't know if you want to do anything with the sack exchange, right, Joe? Like that that to me is that era's own thing, and I was lucky enough to be in Canton last week to watch the great Joe Klecko finally go in. Like the Jets defensive line's got to be its own – its own name that doesn't reference, I think, the sack exchange. Because if we wanted to do that, we could just go sack exchange 2.0 and call it a day, but that's lazy. Yeah, and I think that was the whole point of this exercise, right, is to kind of steer away from that generation as good as it was and as, you know, prolific as it was. I kind of like the sacks on Fifth Ave. I kind of like that nickname just because it plays on a lot of stuff with New York. It's got to be New York-centric, and I think the number one thing I think it has to be it cannot be forced. We cannot manufacture this. It cannot come from, like, hard knocks and, like, some Fugazi nickname. It needs to come within. It needs to come from the fan base, and it needs to be authentic. Yep. 
Anyway, I guess we're still searching for it. I'll say this. It, I guess it could come from Hard Knocks if one of the players says something funny and that kind of spurns the nickname. Like, that would be the only way it maybe could come from Hard Knocks. Which, by the way, did, have you watched Hard Knocks yet, Joe Leo? I know you're a big Jet fan. I ate it up. I've seen it twice. <laughs> I've watched one Jets drive twice. I, I, I am all in on this season, and even more so now that the Yankees season has been down the toilet for two months. Oh, yeah. I, I you, you, I mean – you cannot feed me enough jet propaganda between now and week one. I'm all in. I'll be watching one Jets drive tomorrow, hard knocks on Tuesday. I can't wait. Speaking of the Jets, let's get back to the calls right now. Sean in Rockland wants in on the Jets tonight. Sean, you're up first this segment. You're on with Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Jake, man. I'm a subscriber to the YouTube channel. Watch all your videos. I tell you, I, I felt like a, a proud father when you said you were subbing in on morning drive Friday. Uh, congratulations, kid, man. That's awesome. Thank you, Sean. Hopefully you can listen, all right? I, I uh, Well, yeah, I think I might be able to. All right. So, anyway, so the Jets' offensive line, it seems like everybody's answer to whatever ails their offensive line, you know, oh, the right tackle's no good, we'll just put AVT there. The left tackle's no good, we'll just put AVT there. How, how do we know that Elijah Vera Tucker is, is healthy enough to just automatically put him in ink for this offensive line this year? Well, and thank you for the, the the call, Sean. He is healthy. Like, he's fully recovered from his injury last year. They spoke to him the other day after one of the joint practices. He said he'd play wherever they want him. I mean, how do we know he stays healthy? I mean, I feel like we could say that about any player. But you're right. Look, the answer can't be to everything. Just, oh, well, AVT solves our problem. It's nice to know you have that in your back pocket. But the ideal scenario, I still think, for the Jets is Mekhi Becton is the right tackle. Dwayne Brown's the left tackle. But they still have time to figure that out. It is nice knowing, though, that AVT, last year, when he filled in that tackle, I saw this stat on ESPN's, like, stat and info department. He graded out as a top five tackle in pass block. He was at 93.5%, which would which would have been top five if he qualified because he didn't play enough snaps at tackle. So I love AVT. We were just talking about the, you know, the New York sack exchange. Joe Klecko and all pro at three different positions on the defensive line. AVT is the offensive version of Joe Klecko, potentially. Could play at an elite level in three different spots on the O-line. We saw it last year. He played guard, played both tackle spots. His first year, he played left guard. Last year, he started at right guard. Vera Tucker's a beast, and they got to keep him healthy. There's no doubt. Let's keep going here. Let's go to Chris in Brooklyn. Chris, you're up next. You're on with, you're on, you're on with I can't speak. You're on with Jake Asbitt here at 9870 ESPN. Hi, Chris, do we got you? Yeah, you got me. You can hear me? We hear you, Chris. Go ahead. All right. So, like, I've been listening today, right? And a lot of people are saying, like, you know, Brian Cashman's got to go this way, that way, all this. But, like, for me, like, I grew up in the dynasty. I've been watching the Yankees since, like, 96. So, to me, when Brian Cashman had resources with, you know, with George and all of that, he had all the money to spend. George was a baseball head. He... He never really. Uh, Chris, we're going to let you go. Your phone line was, was cutting up. What do you mean? Brian Cashman doesn't have resources to spend. They have a $290 million payroll, Chris. Come on. They haven't won a World Series since 2009. I mean, how long does Brian Cashman get to be GM of the Yankees? Yeah, does he have the job for life? Is he a Supreme Court judge? Come on, man. I'm not sitting here to tell you Brian Cashman's a terrible GM. Overall, he's not. The record proves that. The consistency proves that. But at some point, isn't it time for a change? I mean, if you continue to run it back 
with the same GM who put this team together, and you make Aaron Boone the fall guy and do nothing else, what's changing next year? What's changing? The answer to that is nothing. Let's go to Jock in Rockland. Jock, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here. It's 98.7 ESPN. How are you doing, Jake? Take, thanks for taking my call. Um, you guys are talking about the names for the defense. Um, from years back, we used to um, reference the New Jack City um, thing with the movie and call call the Jets uh, New Sack City. Yep. But this is like back in the days when we had dreams of quitting Copels um, being a... <laughs> Being a great DN and stuff, but um, yeah, New New Sac City um, was one that um, me and my buddies used to throw around a lot. So yeah, that's the one I like. Jack, thanks for the call. Yeah, New Sac City is not a bad one. I think I said that earlier. Someone tweeted me that as well. So a couple Jet fans in line there. Maybe it just naturally happens. Who knows? Who knows? Like sometimes nicknames just organically happen, right? I mean, there's a lot of great nicknames in the history of sports, so perhaps there'll be another one that might appear. We'll get to one last call here before we wrap up. We'll go to Snowball, who's in North Carolina, wants it on the Jets. Snowball, you're the final call. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Jake, nice to talk to you. Well, thank you for calling, Snowball. What do you got? Uh, How about the Wolves of Wall Street? The Wolves of Wall Street. All right, I don't hate it. Uh, it's probably not my favorite, but it's not terrible. It's not terrible. That's what do you think of that? Cre- that's creative. Yeah, at least we tried. You know what I mean? Some of these have just been rip-offs of the sack exchange, which is what we're trying to not do. Yeah, we want effort. But- just give us a little bit of effort. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of effort right there. A for effort. I don't know. Someone's got to work on this. I'm sure I'm sure the Jets D linemen got to get together. You know, if you watched Hard Knocks, maybe they're going to get together at a Broadway show with a uh, a Chikuchi board. What did Tanzel Smart call a charcuterie board? I think he called it a Chikuchi board. I don't think it's of- safe for radio what he called a, charcu- a charcuterie board. Yeah, it might, you might have to dump me if we actually said what he actually said. You're not wrong about that. Uh, it was unbelievable. I'll say this. I can't get enough of Hard Knocks. Man, I have probably watched that Ed Sheeran montage where Rodgers is throwing dime after dime in practice probably 75 to 100 times since – last Tuesday, and I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm not afraid to admit that at all. I'll be watching One Jets Drive tomorrow and Hard Knocks again on Tuesday. That's going to do it for us tonight. Really fun show. I cannot thank the callers enough who contributed. Thanks to everyone who tuned in tonight, whether you listened online, on the radio, on the app. It certainly means a lot. My name is Jake Asman. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Asman. That's J-A-K-E-A-S-M-A-N. I'll be filling in for DiPietro and Rothenberg with Dan Grassa this Friday morning coming up at 6 a.m. So I'm looking forward to that. Once again, big thanks to Johnny Damon and Herm Edwards for joining the show tonight. Big thanks to Joe Leo for producing. Everyone have a great rest of their Sunday night, and I'll talk to you Friday morning. See ya. Only one S, Dave Rothenberg.